Welcome to A Healthier You, Little by Little. This podcast gives you insights and features various aspects of health, from sleep and stress to immunity, exercise, home workouts, energy, and performance. Here is your host of A Healthier You, Little by Little, Cindy Little. All right. Well, welcome everybody back to the show. We have a special guest today and I have Richard Chartrand here. He's a very good friend of mine. He's, he's just an amazing guy. He's the owner and operator of Sustainable Success Strength Training in North Grenville, Ontario. He has a private one-on-one strength training studio. His passion is encompassed in his company's mission to help his clients live stronger, longer, and admires all inspiring achievements in every field. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Our title, our working title is Sustainable Success. Can you tell me why you chose that as a gym name and why we want to talk about that today? Yeah, the idea, I guess the name is kind of redundant, if you will, because if you think about it, if you are successful and it's not sustainable, it's not really success, right? Uh, Because obviously it's short term and, and won't last. But the idea behind it is that people should have an exercise program that they can live with for decades, not just to get in shape for the summer or or whatever to fit into a a dress for a special occasion, but something they can have throughout life. And uh, many times people start exercise programs, but very few people stick with them long-term. Why do you think that is, Rick? The two main reasons are the time commitment and the second reason is safety. Uh, Many of the mainstream recommendations for exercise for most people are unrealistic and they simply can't maintain uh, a heavy time commitment on an ongoing basis. You know, uh, everybody has, you know, the phenomenon on New Year's New Year's Day when everybody has the resolutions and then shortly three or four months. So if you can find something that takes less time and gets the job done. The second one is that many people injure themselves uh, in the pursuit of fitness uh, through playing sports or various things. And it's one of those things that's often ignored and people sort of take responsibility for it. And my view of it is that, that many of the recommendations lead directly to injuries and that there's a better way of doing it. Excellent. Now, I know that you started personal training later in your career. You, you had a whole career as an insurance agent, right? I was a manager, a financial planner, and, and uh, with Sun Life for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I'd always had a passion for fitness. I was always a fitness geek, and I always read about it. And I actually used to train people on the side and charge them at the time because I was so passionate about it. I'd tell them about what I did and invite them to come over and try it. So when the time came to look for a second career, this was just a natural transition for me. Yeah, you know, I, I like that a lot because like I know when I was a medic in the military, when I got out, I released early to marry my husband. I thought, what do I really what, what do I really want to do? How can I make an impact? And what am I passionate about? And it was the same for me, Rick. I, w- I became a personal trainer and I did that for 15 years. But now, now that I'm retired, I, I love referring people to really good trainers, good quality trainers. And I've trained with you, Rick, and I understand and I appreciate how you train people. Can you tell us a little bit about the one set theory that you use in your gym and why it's so important, especially for aging, the aging population? Well, basically, what a lot of people do exercise and they go through various motions. You hear arbitrary recommendation of three sets of 20 or or different exercises that are used and things like that. 
but people haven't defined what exactly is an exercise supposed to accomplish in order to stimulate your body to adapt and improve. And basically, the, the stimulus is to fatigue your musculature beyond a certain point. You know, signal to your body is once your body has been challenged enough and it's fatigued sufficiently is that this is a threat to its survival. It's a form of stress that your body needs to adapt to. So the idea with one set is to basically get from point A to point B in the most efficient way possible. So you'll do a certain exercise and do it very strictly, very slowly, not giving your muscles any reprieve during any part of the set until you can no longer complete another repetition in good form. And so you could accomplish the same thing by doing several sets and different reps. But what you're doing is you're taking a rest between reps, between sets and everything else, and you're essentially letting the muscles to get a little tired, then they recover and they get a little more tired and they recover a little more tired. So it'd be kind of like driving from here to Merrickville in one straight line, as opposed to taking a few detours to go to Tim Hortons and drive down some country road and stop and have a coffee with a friend, you'll still get there. But it's going to take a lot longer. and There'll be a lot more wear and tear in the car. Okay, so Rick, you tell us about the one set theory and how it fatigues the muscle. Why is that so important for seniors to do or anybody for that fact? Well, all activity, whether it's exercise, working in the yard, you know, playing sports, recreational activity, all activity has a certain amount of wear and tear on the body. So the less, if you can get the same results with less wear and tear, it's going to be superior to, to, to having it, you know, with more activity. The other thing too that causes wear and tear and what's the main cause of most injuries in sports and activities could be summarized in one word and that's force. Meaning that your body has a certain structural integrity, muscles, tendons, ligaments, bones, etc. And meaning by structural integrity means it can withstand a certain amount of force but no more. And if that limit is exceeded either acutely, like somebody um, you know, having an impact or doing a exercise ballistically or injuring a sport or chronically, as in, for example, a runner who over time just continually puts force on their knees and their hips and their low back. Sooner or later, if the force exceeds your structural integrity, you wind up with an injury. And then what happens is people tend to go, well, I tried working out, I tried exercising, I hurt myself, I got discouraged and I just didn't go back. So uh, anything you can do to minimize injury, because the main, the main thing with exercise is as simplistic as this may sound, is to do it and to continue to do it over time. And if you hurt yourself, you're not gonna do it. You're gonna stop, right? So, uh, you know, and it's not impossible to hurt yourself even doing it as, as carefully as you can. But much of what people are recommending these days, ballistic type uh, movements, uh, movements that require a lot of skill to do properly and things like that are ripe for potential for injury. And of course, people who you asked about seniors, it's important for everybody because sometimes people will say, well, this is good for older people, but I'm young. So, well, you're going you're to really appreciate those joints and ligaments and tendons when you get old, if they're still in good shape. Yeah. But for older people, in many cases, they simply don't have the mobility 
to do these really high skilled movements that are often uh, recommended. So you want to keep it simple, you want to keep it slow, you want to keep it gentle as far as wear and tear. Now that doesn't mean that they're not going to work hard because they are going to work really hard because without that, the body won't adapt. But you want to do it slowly and smoothly with as little wear and tear in the joints, ligaments, and tendons as possible. It's a little bit like combining strength training with Tai Chi, if you will. Nice. Right. And so when you're training anybody, what's your recommendation on how often people should train a muscle group for best success? When I think of a muscle, well, the best success, I mean, you have to define that, but once or twice a week is plenty for most people to use strength training. Uh, One of the things that causes a lot of confusion is the difference between conditioning and skill acquisition. If you are practicing for a given sport and you need to improve your skill in that given activity, you do need to put a lot more time in that in order to become proficient in that said activity. That just goes without saying, whether you're learning to play the piano or learning to play hockey Mm -hmm. or whatnot. But for people who simply want to have strength and functional ability well into their old age, all they want to do is keep their muscles from atrophying over time and still be able to play with the grandkids and do their own groceries and, and maintain independent once or twice a week is plenty. Okay. And what, uh, what kind of exercises would you recommend? Like now a lot of people are resorting to home gyms and I know that you zoom people in and I know that you write an article for the newspaper. Do you still do that, Rick? I, I did write a few articles. Those were, well, I shouldn't say one-offs because I wrote two or three of them, but I haven't contributed one lately. Okay. Yeah. You, you write great articles too. Do you have a blog or a website as well, Richard? I do sustainable success.ca. And there's a blog as part of that with several articles that I've either written or, or ripped off from somebody else and put into my site because I liked what they had to say as well, giving them full credit, of course. Right. For it. And just recently we started a podcast. Nice. See, the, the, the main thing when you say what type strength training in general, as opposed to uh, steady state activities like jogging, swimming, bike cycling, and things like that. Those activities have their benefits as well, but strength training, uh, exercise that is specifically targeted to make you stronger, is the closest thing to the fountain of youth that we know. Uh, there were studies done a few years ago uh, about how strength training could actually reverse markers of age in older people and bring back many of them on a genetic level to back to where they were in their 20s and their 30s. And the ironic thing is, you know, when resveratrol was shown to possibly, you know, extend life in worms, it was flying off the shelf, right? And that's a good supplement for people to do. But when strength training was shown to do it, most people never even heard of that study. And so a lot of people, it's an unknown sort of thing that you can do. And, and literally change your life in such a systematic way. People, you know, you were talking before we started recording about somebody who had Parkinson's and through strength training was able to regain incredible mobility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know of stories of people who came in with walkers and after uh, training for a while, were able to get rid of their walkers 
and things like that. And that's really, for me, the quality of life is being independent. The last thing anybody wants to have to do is to depend on somebody else, be it a family member or a facility for things like feeding, clothing, bathing, toileting, all those things we call the activities of daily living. And strength training is the one thing that you can do that can keep you functionally able to do those things. So I, as, as we I get older, their motivation changes, right? I mean, we all like to look good in front of the mirror, but as we get older, our, our, our motivations become a little more practical. Right. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that you're really a strong uh, proponent. I don't know if that's the right uh, terminology, uh, but I, I love the fact, Rick, that you love talking about strength training and, and helping seniors and, and anybody to maintain their strength, because I, I agree with you. I think that it's so important as we age and a lot of people, like even my parents and their, their, the old school days, they, they, they did farm work. And actually my parents still do farm work. They have a farm and they have horses. Um, they never really lifted weights their entire life and they're doing fine. They're in their seventies, but I would like them to, to, to do weights. Like I, I think it's important there and you don't have to be in your twenties and thirties to start weight training. I've started training people in their eighties. Mm-hmm. So they're right, Richard, there's like, there's no time like today <laughs> to get started. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, even when people, sometimes I run into people and say, well, I work in the garden and I do all these various things and I stay active and that's great. And certainly I I encourage people to do that. But as you know, with strength training, you tap into those fast twitch fibers. And as we age and you hear about muscle loss as we age, it's typically the fast twitch fibers that atrophy. And we typically, your body will only tap into those if it has to, usually only in fight or flight situations. So even though you might be working in the garden and and maybe even farming and doing those things, which will have a certain benefit, you're rarely going to work where you're tapping into those. So I have people, for example, one of my clients owns a farm and a veterinary practice, and she uh, works very hard on an ongoing basis, but came to me because she found that she, she was losing her strength to do the farm work. And she's told me that since she's been coming here, when she goes out and does the, she keeps bees and whatnot, she's lifting all those crates and all those things, that all of a sudden things feel much easier than they used to. So she notices a difference. And that's only after, I don't know, two, three months she's feeling that. Because you, when you tap into the fast twitch fibers, they're the most adaptable and they're the ones that you'll lose the fastest. But the good news is they're also the ones that you can get back the fastest if you work them properly. Right. They say muscle has memory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now, Rick, Rick, if you were to give the audience three words or three ideas to live by when it comes to sustainable success with fitness, what, what would those tips be? Well, the, the first thing is, this might sound is you don't, you don't need a personal trainer. Certainly, if you want to use somebody to, to help you, I, I believe that people will be very happy. Even if you just do some simple things, calisthenics, push-ups, sit-ups, 
wall squats or whatnot, or even just sitting on a chair and do them carefully and slowly and do them enough that it's, that it's challenging. Like do them until you can't do any more. From a health standpoint, I mean, nutrition, you know all about nutrition and how important that is. Proper sleep and exercise. And those things are all interdependent. Sometimes I'm tempted to say, you know, which of those is more important? If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick sleep because being sleep deprived is one of the worst. But they tend to be interdependent because if you eat right and you exercise, you're probably going to sleep. Your sleep's going to improve. Right. Right. Uh, so they tend to all sort of go hand in hand. But your health, I mean, I was, as you mentioned, I was in financial planning for the longest time. And we used to say, you know, you spend the first half of your life uh, ruining your health so you can make money. And then you spend the second half of your life spending all your money to try to get your health back. <laughs> so your ability to earn income is based on uh, your health and right. your ability to do things. So, you know, a lot of people do a really good job as they get older of putting money away and everything else. But if you're doing all those things and then afterwards you wind up having into going into a retirement home, which if anybody's noticed are really expensive, then all of a sudden your plans are going are, are gonna to change very drastically. So you can and should stay functionally able, probably going long, but I'll end it this well. I don't know if I'll make anyone live longer, but I'll help them die better. <laughs> and, and that might not sound like a real attractive thing, but let me just elaborate a little bit is most people in the last years of their life in a very sorry state where they've lost their functional ability and they're relying on other people. The ideal thing is that you want to be able to do all the things you love doing, playing with your grandkids, and, and just the things that you don't necessarily love doing, but you, you, you want to do it yourself and then go to sleep one night and, and maybe die in your sleep as opposed to, you know, the last few years of your life with somebody changing your diapers or feeding you and all these things. And that is that is your birthright. Everybody can have that. And it's remarkably easy to accomplish, like I say, once or twice a week, 20, 30 minutes. Right. And people tend to make it harder than they, than, than it is like, just do it. Right. <laughs> you, and you don't have to commit to doing 10, uh, like 20, 30 minutes at one time or an hour in the gym, you could do it in five or 10 minute intervals. Right, Rick? Well, better to do something that you stick with long-term sustainable plug, right. plug for my name, right. right. Then to start something that even if, and of course, I could get on longer than what we have, but let's say that for the sake of argument that I say doing three, four hours and doing it seven days a week were better, which I don't think it is. Even if it was, if you don't stick to it, what difference does it make? Whereas if you can do it once or twice a week, for, you know, if you're total, do one hour of exercise a week, but you stick to it, right? That's going to make the biggest difference because you know, a lot of people, if you you know go on the internet, and you see people arguing about different types of exercise and which one's better. At the end of the day, the biggest difference is whether people exercise or they don't. Right. Period. And if they do exercise in a way where they don't hurt themselves, then they're going to be doing pretty darn a whole lot better than if they weren't. 
Exactly. You know, these guys throw in and don't hurt themselves because if they hurt themselves, they're going to stop. Right. Right. Good point. <laughs> All right. Well, any, any last tips, Rick, you gave a lot of great tips. I mean, it's not just about exercise. It's about nutrition, sleep and controlling your stress and, and fitting in one to two weight training sessions a week. What would well, be- one, one of the things I said in my intro, I, I said, you know, that I, I enjoy seeing achievement and I admire achievement. So I really want to thank you for asking me to do this because you're a person that I admire. You're the kind of person that I really um, like to be around because you're, you're one of those people who doesn't just talk about things. You go out and do things and you've built a very successful business and, and you inspire other people to do really well by your power of example. You don't just preach, you practice what you preach and you, and you live it. And, and so for me, it's a real honor to, you know, for you to have invited me to do this. And I know that you mentor a lot of people, you inspire a lot of people. So that's, that's my final thing is to just say, I, I'm, I'm a big Cindy fan. So thank you so much <laughs> for having me. Oh, Rick, that's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. Well, it was a, a real pleasure to have you on the call today. And and like I said, I think that you are an excellent inspiration for, for the clients that you have. I, I don't hesitate to refer my neighbors, which I have done. Yeah, and, uh, that's, that's who's coming at five. Oh, cool. <laughs> You'll have to say hi to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's great what you're doing, Rick, keep doing what you're doing and inspiring people around you as well. And so if people were to reach out to you, what would be the best way again? I know that you gave your website earlier. Yeah. So, so Facebook page, do a search for sustainable success. I'll come up. All the contact information is there. And of course, my website is sustainablesuccess.ca. All right. And I used your name interchangeably during this uh, podcast. I, I said, Rick and Richard, it, it doesn't matter to you, right? Which one you go by? It's all good. Just don't call me late for dinner. All right. <laughs> I had a feeling you're going to say that. <laughs> no trainer or no fitness person wants to be late for dinner. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Rick. Have a wonderful day. All right. You too. Thanks for listening to A Healthier You Little by Little. Do you have a question about something you heard today? An idea for a topic, perhaps? Or would you like to reach out to Cindy? Send her an email, coachcindylittle at gmail.com or visit her website at healthtowealth.ca. That's health2wealth.ca. Or you can find Cindy on LinkedIn or Facebook as Cindy Little. Once again, thanks for listening.